Wow. Good morning from me. How rich is that truth? We're going to be delving into a little bit of it and focusing probably just on two verses because it is packed full. But let me encourage you to get into that a little bit more this week. You'll probably be looking at it in your life groups. Um, it is so rich. We're going to get into it in a moment. It's uh, hello from me. Thank you, Tim and Hills, uh, for hosting us so beautifully. And, and uh, as has already been said, Jamie is doing a fantastic job with the with all that he's doing. Uh, welcome to the Baker's Dining Room. It is very quiet in here because my children are just sat behind the screen uh, behaving themselves beautifully or my wife has taken them for a walk to avoid any chaos disturbing us. I'll let you decide which one it is. And uh, this is our dining room. It's also at the moment doubling up as you'll see behind me as our school. Um, many of you are doing school at home. Our house is busy at the moment and I think it would be fair to say that the novelty has worn off. We are now officially in uh, lockdown and having to learn some lessons. Uh, we're not just uh, enjoying the honeymoon period, but we're trying to figure out how to uh, do a lot of different bits of conflict in a way that is a catalyst for change rather than something we get stuck in. Uh, you might find that in your household. You might be someone who is uh, isolated and not with others. Um, but either way, I hope you are learning some different lessons as you navigate. We're going to be learning lessons today, particularly about how we stay united, uh, united in our thinking. Uh, just a reminder, we are in Paul's letter to the Philippians and Paul is writing from prison. Not only is he writing from prison, locked away, not knowing whether he's going to die. He's writing to a bunch of people in Philippi, which was a Roman colony. It had been established 100 years before this, this letter, and, and probably 50% of the population would have been slaves, the actual slaves. So you can imagine that some of the people that this letter is being written to uh, are might be wealthy, but the majority would be poor. All of them new to faith, all of them eager to figure out what it looks like to live as Jesus lived. Um, and so this is, this is where this letter is, is being read to. It's being written from prison, written to many who are slaves, and as we've seen in this passage, written about one who died. So in all the things that we might be navigating, I don't know what your week has looked like or what you are facing at the moment. Uh, there is courage and hope as we read the words of scripture uh, that someone from prison can communicate with such thankfulness to people who are feeling like they're slaves, are literally slaves and about the one we serve, Jesus Christ, who humbled himself even to death. What obedience to God that is, that is just thrilling. Let that be an encouragement to you. And what I love about Paul is his, his communication is a thanks. This letter is themed around thanks. The Philippian church are grateful for, uh, Paul is grateful to the Philippian church for the money that has been provided, the resource for while he's in prison that they've been sending to him. And so primarily this is to say, thank you. Thank you. You heard last week that uh, Paul was speaking about confidence, uh, about the confidence of God's purposes. He spoke to us brilliantly last week about God's purposes, the resurrection, confidence in the resurrection and also confidence in our role. But he's speaking with such thanks to this group of people that he loves deeply. Chapter one is full of deep affection for in Christ is, is one of the phrases, a deep affection for this people. 
And what he wants to say is thanks. And I, before we get into some three points that I want to draw out from the first couple of verses, I just sense that God wants to say, well done. Some of you are navigating new challenges and you need to hear from the Father this morning, right where you are, well done. Let that sink in. Well done. There's an affirmation from Paul, and I believe God wants it to be an affirmation to you this morning. Well done. Read it in. The Father loves you. He knows what you're navigating. He knows the extra challenges you are trying to face. And I sense him say, church, thank you. You are putting me up there, trying to honor me with your best. And it's not straightforward, but well done. So hear that. So today we're talking about attitude. We've got to have the attitude of Christ is what is what we're being encouraged. Have the mindset of Christ. And we're talking about thinking together. We need to have an attitude reset. And I don't know what your um, relationships are looking like in your home. We are definitely having to encourage our children to have an attitude reset as they're getting more and more used to being around each other. And that brings conflict. We've had Ben's birthday this week. So there's been lots of presents and that brings jealousy amongst um, we've got four children, if you're not aware of uh, the Baker household, um, seven and under, so it's colourful. Um, but there's stretches. And when it comes to attitude, it is good to be mindful of what Christ was like. Now, for many of you, this will be a familiar passage. It won't be hard for you to understand. It will be hard for you to live out. And, and Paul knew this. In fact, the early church knew this. And that's why in the middle of this section that we've got, we have this poetry. It goes from prose into poetry from verse six through to 11. There's this poem. And it might be that Paul is writing this for the first time uh, to the Philippians. But it might also be that this was this chunky, rich text of, of poetry was used as theological training for in the very early days after Christ. It, that to get really embedded into people's hearts that there's this poetry with obedience to death at the center of it uh, that would have been really rich for this group of people to reflect on, to really understand what Jesus did, that he left heaven, came to earth, was obedient to his father, even to death. This attitude, as we're talking about today, of a servant, that's who we worship. In the Roman, in a Roman colony, that would have been quite remarkable. And maybe it's remarkable for you to be reminded in any role that you have, in any leadership capacity, to be, have an attitude of a servant. So, hard. Maybe you're at work proving yourselves during lockdown. You're trying to be really effective from home. You're worried about job security or furlough, or maybe you're at home with the battle of loneliness creeping in. And so the way that you're interacting with people on social media is a little bit more has more selfish ambition and vain conceit to it. Maybe maybe you're with young family and you're desperate for you time. So the way that you interact with others in your household is becoming sharper. Well, there's, some, there's a message for us this morning that we can look at. There's a message for us to consider that Paul is speaking. And here's what he wants us to do. Simples, and it's in verse two. Make his day. Is what he's saying make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one 
in spirit and purpose. That's what he wants. Now, wouldn't that be great? Uh, I don't know how where you interact with other Christians. This is a letter to, to those who believe in Jesus. You're welcome if you don't, by the way, and you're listening in. Explore Alpha. We'd love to welcome you this Thursday. But this is a message to those who have a relationship with Jesus and are trying to figure out how to relate with others in Philippi. That's not straightforward. Uh, you might be in a life group and you might know that there are people who have different views to you. They have a different experience and, a, and different preferences from you. Maybe they want to, they have a different perspective on the Bible or the presence of God. Well, this is an encouragement here to be like-minded, not to think exactly the same, but to have the same purpose, the same love and being one. What a message that is to the world. As we love each other, they'll know Christ's love. That's what Paul is fighting for here. So that's the, that's the vision. This is what I want you to be like. And now we're just going to focus on the first verse, really, to find out how. Are you ready for the how? Turn to the person sat around you, or if you're on your own, I'm sorry about this bit. Just say, here's the how. Here's the how. The first thing is, find courage from his life. Find courage from Jesus' life. This is what it says. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, and the verse just prior to that, in verse 29 of chapter 1, says this. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So maybe they feel like they're in chains. Maybe they're going through a similar prison. The Philippians are having a tough time. Maybe you are in lockdown, feeling stuck in lots of ways. Well, here's some encouragement. Here's where we find our courage. Jesus has been there. He's done it. We're united with Christ in suffering. Later in a different um, <clears throat> in a different passage in the Bible, it talks about, I want to know the power of the res resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in Christ's suffering. Whatever you're going through today, church, you can be assured that Christ has been there too. And we get to fellowship. We get to be united with him in suffering. But we're also, let's not forget, united with him, I'm going to get excited here, by salvation because of the cross, we get to be connected with God. So that stuff that you did this week that was a mess, that way you treated people, because of the cross, we can be united with Christ. Our identity no longer needs to be shame, brokenness, sin. It is hidden with Christ in God. So you're in, united with Christ in your suffering, but also through salvation. So that's my first point. How is fine courage from his life that involves suffering? Excuse me. Find courage from his life. There we go. First point. Second point. Find comfort from his love. Here we have it again in verse one. If, you, if any comfort from his love. So often in me, the times when I find unity is robbed is because I have somehow, my love tank has not been filled. And I need to go to God for that. Whatever pain you're going through or whatever, wherever you feel shortchanged in relationships. Paul is saying, if you have any comfort from God's love, you can be like-minded. 
We need to have the love of God minister to us. Remember, this is a therefore on the back of chapter one that was all about just Paul saying, affirming the church, affirming the people he's writing to, deep affection, so love you. That you, his prayer is that you may that your love may abound and abound more and more in knowledge and depth and of insight. There is something that happens when we connect with the love of God that transforms the way that we're able to be united with those around us, because we're no longer trying to bargain our way into a safer place where we feel more confident and comfortable. We're no longer fighting our corner. We are loved. That's how. Paul can be thankful in a prison because he knows the comfort of love. That's why he can minister love to the Philippian church from a prison, from lockdown, because he knows the God who loves us. He's resourced in that. So we need to find comfort in his love. There have been times this week where my children have been so scrappy with each other, or I've been scrappy with cats, and I have to realize what they need is not some firm discipline and being reminded. Sometimes they need to know that I love them and they're needing time with me. They're needing a cuddle before they need me to remind them of the boundaries that they've crossed. They need the connection with the Father. And that's where they're getting scrappy with each other. So I wonder if the way that you're uniting with the Christians around you is hampered, hindered, because you need to reconnect with a God who loves you. You need to be comforted by his love. <coughs> Whoa, calm down, dude. Last point. So, find courage from his life, find comfort from his love, and finally, find connection through his living presence. We need the Holy Spirit in our relationships. This is what it says in verse one. If any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit. We cannot have unity if we do not have the living presence of God. If we do not have the Holy Spirit flowing through what we do. If we aren't fueled by time in his presence. We won't be drawn again to the person who is Jesus. We won't be, we won't be able to have the attitude without the living presence of God. So he's saying, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, going through the suffering, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the spirit, tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. I was at Bible college um, before I came to Trinity and there is no, there's no end to the amount that we could study the scriptures together with, with students that I was enrolled with, many of whom were trained to be vicars, we would spend a lot of time studying the finite bits of scripture. It would have been it's so hard to maintain unity in that environment if we weren't also worshiping together in the mornings and praying for each other. Maybe you've got particular people that you find your relationship is stretched with. Maybe you're thinking very differently to them. Pray for them. Invite the Holy Spirit to bless your perspective of them or your perception of them pray in the spirit if you have the gift of tongues pray over them in the spirit and see what the living presence of jesus his holy spirit is able to do in your heart towards them so let me just 
Put our last one up. This is how we're going to find unity. This is how we're going to have this attitude that is like Christ. We need to find courage from his life. Even though he's gone through suffering, he's modeled something to us. Find comfort from his love. We need him to minister to our hearts. And we need to find connection with each other from his living presence. Invite the Holy Spirit into any strained relationships that you have. Here's some practical challenges and then uh, we're going to pray. Um, I would love you to have a look at that poem in the middle of this section. Memorize it. Meditate in it. We're drawn to be reminded of the one who is in very nature God. We did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or exploited, but made himself nothing. Such richness. Have that as something you reflect on, maybe in your life groups or in your own private devotion. I'd love you to write a letter. Maybe you want to write a letter to someone. Bonus points if it's someone where you've had a strange relationship. They don't need to know that. <clears throat> write a letter to someone, encouraging them, affirming them. Maybe you're in a prison, but you can minister out of that place because you know that you're loved by God. Minister the love of God to someone else. Maybe someone that, that you are finding hard to minister to. Maybe it's someone in your home. And then, as you reflect on an individual that you have particular conflict with, and you really want to know the unity of, of connection and the fellowship of the Spirit, pray in tongues about them and for them. That's, that's my challenge. Great, I'm going to leave it there. We are around the campfire later on. Um, Andrew's going to be hosting. I'll be there to reflect a little bit more. And if you've got any questions on the back of this talk, there's an email address you can email this afternoon. Or ask at trinitycheltenham.com. Email in your questions. We might be able to uh, answer those a little bit later on um, around the campfire if you're able to join us at, at 6 p.m. But for now, I'm going to pray for us because we need the presence of God, the living presence of God. Jesus, I thank you so much that you, that we united with you in any suffering or any pain that we might navigate. And Lord, I'm mindful of people this morning and they've gone through pain and it's affecting the way that they relate. It's robbing people of unity. Jesus, thank you that your pain actually unites us. Your body broken, your blood poured out, brings us together. Would you minister? to us would we have courage from your love but i also pray lord that we would be comforted by your love anyone who is finding a strain of relationships with others anyone who's struggling in tension in relationships lord would they be comforted by your love where there's people around us that we long to be loved by and they're not showing love we pray that we would go first to you that you would be our primary source of love minister to us in that even in this moment remind us of the importance of being loved by you and then lord i pray for our church particularly that we would know the living presence of god powerfully we would see a move of your spirit connecting us like never before lord would we look back on this time and say wow god did something to connect us even in the distance how kingdom is that that while we were separate while we were separated while we had to rely on different forms of communication and connection the holy spirit did a work in our body and across our nation 
that we would fellowship in community, that we knew the, the, the fellowship of this world. I pray that for all of us. Minister that to us. And I pray your peace for all of us as we reflect on your word. Amen.